Hi, and welcome to another episode of Too Scared to Sleep. We're back. I know, it has been too long. Been a fat minute. We just had too much shit going on. But anyway, what movies have we seen? We've seen, we saw Venom. We saw Venom. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it wasn't great, but it was fun, and I will probably buy it just because I'm excited for the universe. I Mm. like to have collections. We also, I also watched It Comes at Night, which was really, really well put together. I good. like that movie a lot. That's real good. Yeah. Um, what have I watched? Because I know I've watched stuff. That movie studio is amazing. Did you watch The Nun? A24. Oh, how was The Nun? It was good. The Nun was really, really good. Really spoopy. Groovy. I haven't seen it. I've heard mixed reviews, but I'm still going to check it out. Why did go see The Nun? I don't know, because I'm stupid. In case, in case you guys are wondering, Dylan and I are going steady. Stop. When we start planning movie events that only include us and not the rest of our squad, that means okay, we're going steady. No, we have tried to include the rest of the squad, but they all suck. Shout out to you guys. That's right. You know who you are, Joel. Fucking Joel. You little bastard. I don't even think he listens. Honestly. Bet money he doesn't. And if Bet he money. does, it's only because Darcy is listening while he's near. That's right. Bet money he doesn't listen. What else? What else is going on? Oh, well, I've been making a Halloween costume the last couple days. Because you're 12 years old? Shut up. Because I'm going to a party, and I want to be the best. I need to best everyone else. You need to translate that into booty. I don't care that your mom listens. Jesus. If she doesn't already know that you're sexually active... Oh, my God. Today's the day she finds no, out. No, I'm cutting all this out. I know. This is <laughs> That's horrible. That's the only reason I'm saying this. This is horrible. She needs to support you. You are a budding flower. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've been watching too much Big Mouth. I haven't been watching too much Big Mouth. Yes. My life has changed. Since you've watched Big Mouth. Listen, I may not remember the day that I asked Jesus to come into my life, <laughs> but I sure as hell remember the day that I started watching Big Mouth on Netflix, because that changed my life. You're right. It's a super good show. It is. Speaking of good shows, I'm going to start Daredevil Season 3 soon, which I'm really excited for. And I've been watching DC's Titans, because I got that streaming service. I'm really digging it. I've got one or two issues, mainly with the looks of characters, but they released like a behind-the-scenes thing that show that by the end of the season, the only issues that I really had with it are going to be fixed. So, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm a little upset, because... You apparently bought yourself membership into the DC streaming service. Yeah. And you still haven't shared your login information with me. Jesus. Okay. There is something that I do want to say that is actually something. If anybody's even... You know, I don't even bother because it's going to be like... What we just did for the last 10 minutes is going to turn into two minutes of outtake. I I do have one thing cool to say. I was able to message back and forth with a listener who's not part of our, like physical circle and she was, I was I was getting the alerts on that yes. but I didn't check in on the message. Yes. So I wanted to give a shout out to Jamie F who listens to our podcast and likes it. Hooray, shout out to Jamie F. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh we just appreciate someone else outside of our group who's not like related to us or you know, someone who we see all the time listening to our podcast. We're so sorry. Great. But we really appreciate you. Yeah. So we weren't able to get together to record an episode last week, but what we did do is we went to the Faust Hotel here in New Braunfels, where we live. Yes, we did. Because the Faust Hotel turns out that it is haunted. Not as haunted as we were hoping, but still haunted. But still haunted. So um, some of the takeaways that we came from that, we're not going to give you a whole 
rundown because there's not that much to say. But what we will say is that we talked to a guy who'd worked there for about eight years. He was the bar manager. And he said that paranormal activity has increased over the last six months, six to eight months. Yeah. Because they started to move around some of the antique furniture that had been in that same spot for a while. This hotel was uh, built in 1928, 1929. So it's been around for quite a long time, for what, 80 years? No, 90 years. Yeah. It's been around for 90 years. And he was saying that as they've started to renovate and move some of the items that are on the bottom floors, like the first floor and the second floor, which is like the original part of the hotel before they started building the top floors, that they've seen an uptick uptick in what I guess, would you consider it poltergeist activity? Yeah, it's poltergeist activity because it's interacting as much as it is with the physical world. Right. But it's not like the movie poltergeist is not super intense no but it's more than just like shadow figures because they were talking about like how they've seen glasses get thrown off and like wine bottles thrown around glasses shatter all the time they talked about some things moving lights turning on and off ballroom was big on activity they said which is also on the first floor they were talking about how they have these battery powered tea lights as a centerpiece in the ballroom and that they'll go through and turn them all off and then someone will come back through and one of them will be off well one of them will be on and they'll go to turn it back off and then another one will turn on across the room which would be super annoying so i'm sorry to those guys right that's why i feel like it's more poltergeist because that's just annoying and not so malevolent. Or maybe it's the ghost children from the Jefferson and we just have to say, okay, children, that's enough. That's enough. Okay, so I want to talk a couple of a couple of seconds about our GoFundMe, which is kind of stalled, but I wanted to just give listeners an idea of why we're asking for money. Currently, we are borrowing a soundboard and a microphone of very good quality soundboard and microphone. But if if the friend of a friend really wanted it back, he could call it he could call it back in and then we would be shit out of luck very quick. So the reason that we're asking for money is because we need to buy ourselves our own soundboard and we need we would like to buy at least two more microphones. And uh, to do that, we would probably need anywhere between 200 and 300 dollars to be able to do that. And and the reason that we wanted that, of course, like I said, cuz we we only really own one microphone ourselves. The rest of the stuff we're 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 renting or borrowing yeah and um we would also it'll then it'll be later on um but we would like to branch out into getting a good quality like video camera yes um, with some good video editing stuff because we want to be able to go out and do tours and stuff yeah we want to be able to videotape weird shit that goes down we'd really like to branch out into um video and be able to record video and post post um, episodes that are on YouTube. The reason that we want another microphone, the reason that we need a, a bigger soundboard is because the soundboard that we have only connects to two microphones. We would want the upgrade one for at least three microphones. I'd really like four because what I would like is for, for me to have a microphone, for Dylan to have a microphone, for Annabelle to have a microphone, and then have an extra microphone because there are people in this area where we live in Texas who we would love to be able to interview and to talk and give their give their ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And some of them that we talked to at the uh, Paranormal Fest that we went to, if you remember from a couple episodes back. Yes. Um, they already said that they'd be down to do interviews, so we would love to have other people on here. Right, but if we did it right now, it would be me and Dylan sharing a microphone. And it's just not that professional, you know? No. Like when we talked to uh, Annabelle's lover, Renee. Oh, lover. my God. Totally forgot his name for it's a second. His lover? But yeah, we would love Annabelle's to be able to dude. interview. 
some of the people that we want to interview, just to, just to name drop here, Midnight Paranormal Society and Woo. Mike Cardenas are just one of the greatest guys we've ever met. Super friendly. I mean, he's just very well informed. He takes what he does very seriously. And he's good at it. Yes, he's very good at it. He's very professional, very respectful. We've watched videos of him. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. He has videos of himself doing these, doing these um, investigations. And he goes into it because he knows that people are suffering. They're suffering uh, spiritual and uh, sometimes physical and definitely emotional trauma due to something going on in their homes. And he'll go in and he's got a team with him of people who will go into the house and they'll cleanse the house and they'll give a blessing. They'll try to get to the bottom of the paranormal activity and see if there's something that they can do to help that situation. This guy's a great guy. We want to interview him. We just don't have the equipment to do it right now to the level of professionalism that I would want, that we would want to do. Yeah, to the level of professionalism that he's used to based on what he has and that we want to present to somebody else. Because he has been interviewed in the past. As recently as two weeks ago, he was interviewed by by another podcast who had their shit together. Also, someone else that we want to give, we want to name drop and give a shout out to is UFO Jane from Texas UFOs. Yes, and Glurp the Alien. And Glurp the Alien. Who are those guys? Dylan got to meet at the uh, at the Texas UFO. What was it called again? The UFOs over UFOs Texas. UFOs over Texas. Yeah. Yes, and it was really cool. Yeah, I got to talk to UFO Jane for a long time, um, and it was cool because I was super awkward, so the conversation was flowing much better than I was worried it was going to. Um, but I got to talk to her and watch Glurp in the full outfit, taking pictures with people. But she was super cool, and she seemed like she would be on board with it. Oh, yeah. And they've been around for a while, but they're still getting things figured out kind of like we are. So it was really cool to be able to bounce ideas back and forth. UFO Jane has her own YouTube. If you've not seen it, definitely look her up, subscribe, and like, and give her her your support, give her your love if you've not listened to it. She does video interviews uh, from people all across the globe, and she does daily updates on UFOs over, you know, UFO sightings in Texas, as well as noteworthy UFO sightings across the globe that yes. come across the wire. Some of the stuff where it's like, she'll post a video and it's all over the web, and yet somehow none of the mainstream media outlets are even showing this information, which is the coolest part about her website. So like I said, she's got an Instagram, she's got a Facebook, she has a YouTube, she has a website. Go and follow her because she's great. Absolutely. She's really cool. Such a nice person, too. That's about it. That was that was a segment in and of itself, but I don't care. You're right. Because I, I wanted people to know the things that we love, the people that we love, and all that other stuff. So You right. Dylan, what's your topic for today? So I've got a good one for you. Again, listeners at home can't see my stupid-ass smile right now. You are, yeah, it's creepy the way you're looking at me right now. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so the one I'm doing tonight is none other than Catherine Knight. I hope you don't know anything about her. Tell me everything about her. I'm going to tell you everything about her. I'm so scared right now, but I want to know everything. You should be. This shit's bonkers. But before I do this, I want to give a shout-out to Mercedes, my good pal. She is the one that recommended this to me. She gave me the Cliff Notes version of it, and then I went and found out way more information. Um, but shout out to her for recommending this. This is a real good one. Also, she's been listening, so that's super cool. Thank Thanks, you. Mercedes. Thanks, Mercedes. Okay, so... Catherine we're in- Knight. Related I- to Misty Knight? No! Shut up! <laughs> Annabelle, chill. Chill right, your beans. Go ahead. ahead. Alright, so we're talking about Catherine Bobby Knight. Knight? Are you done? Knight Rider? Oh my god. We're done. I quit. Okay, that's the last one. Night Stalker. Oh my <laughs> you motherfucker. 
<laughs> Are you done? All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Good. You Screw you, Halo. <laughs> Good night, Moon. God damn it. I'm leaving. I'm going home. Whatever. Do the research on your own. Fine. For real this time, we're talking about Catherine Knight. So, Catherine Knight was born in 1955 in Aberdeen, which is a city in Australia, not the place in Scotland. We're going to get just right into the dark shit. Absolutely. So her father, of course, was an abusive alcoholic. Used to it. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So he was an abusive alcoholic who raped her mother multiple times a day. Yeah, it gets better. How was he able to hold on to a job to pay for the alcohol if he's raping his wife multiple times a day? I don't know. Uh, He's just got a schedule. He's got a system worked out. Serious multitasking. How does he do it? How does he do it? Catherine was apparently repeatedly abused by various members of her family um, until she was 10 or 11 years old. That was about when it had stopped. So from all of this, you know, the abusive father, all the horrible things that happened from the rest of the members of her family, she had a horrible temper, and she was reported as flying into violent rages over even the like most minor issues. She apparently never learned to read or write, and by the age of 15, she just quit school and left. And about a year after she quit, she got a job in a slaughterhouse boning the animals, which is where you just cut them up and peel the bones out. Right. She was eventually proved to be so good at her job that she was given her own set of butcher's knives, which she hung over her bed so that they would, quote, be ready in case she was ever needing them. Holy shit. Yeah, and it was something that she did with her everywhere that she lived. So every time she moved, she hung those knives up above her bed. In regards to her rage, I was on Murderpedia.com, which is where I got a lot of this information. I really like Murderpedia. They had one of the greatest sentences I've ever heard about a person. Let's hear it. Quote, In Aberdeen, she was renowned for offering armed combat to anyone who upset her. End quote. (laughs) I love this woman. She sounds Uh, amazing. Yes, right? Oh, God, she's not going to be amazing by the end of this. Okay. It's going to get dark. All right, so in 1974, she married her first husband, David Kellett. It was an incredibly abusive relationship. Plot twist, David was not the one being abusive. Shit. What? That's right. That's what I was thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, I can't imagine anybody fucking with this lady. No, not at all. Maybe not really butch, but just like female empowerment. I'm feeling really good for her. Like, yeah. She goes through this serious, abusive relationship, never learns to read. Gets herself her own job. They give her these knives. She's so proud of them. She's not a good person. Oh, never mind then. You're going to regret saying that. So this isn't going to be like one of those things where Patty Jenkins makes this a movie. And it becomes an inspirational movie. Like Rudy, but not. This is not going to be inspirational. Though I do like Patty Jenkins. Directed by Patty Jenkins. That's the the part of the title of the... Jesus. (laughs) Anyway, so her relationship with David Kellett. She would physically abuse him, as well as emotionally berate him. She knocked him unconscious with a frying pan more than once. And at one point, while she was heavily pregnant with their first child, she burned his clothes, just threw him into a pile, and set him on fire. That's normal. Yeah, over nothing. Eventually, David Kellett left her for another woman, and this was 
after Knight had given birth to their first child, they had two kiddos. Okay. Shortly after they had broken up, Knight was seen walking around town with the baby in a stroller, and she was violently shaking the stroller from side to side, shaking the shit out of the baby. She was caught doing this, and obviously they put a stop to it, because that's no bueno. She was diagnosed with postnatal depression and spent a few weeks recovering, only to be released and immediately setting her two-month-old daughter on the train tracks shortly before the train was scheduled to come by. Holy shit. And then she proceeded to steal an axe, go into town, and she threatened to kill various people. Luckily, the baby was saved before the train came by by a guy who worked at the rail yard. Holy shit, man, that's crazy. And Catherine was admitted back into the hospital, but for whatever reason, the laws there allowed her to check herself out basically the next day. It was either the next day or the day after. She then found a woman with a car, and she forced the woman to drive to Queensland, where Kellett moved. When the driver escaped, because they had stopped at, like, a gas station, and when they got out to fill, the driver just ran away. The police had shown up after she called them, and turns out Catherine took, a, like, a boy hostage and was threatening to kill him. Police disarmed her, so the boy was all right. But here's a fun fact for you. The police disarmed her by beating her with brooms until she stopped. Oh, my God. (laughs) They didn't have nightsticks or something? No, they just grabbed brooms. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, obviously, she was admitted into another psychiatric hospital. So, after she got out, things had seemed okay, like she was maybe getting on track. She had two more children to two other men. Those men were David Saunders and John Chillingworth. Fun fact about David Saunders... Catherine slit the throat of his two-month-old dingo pup in front of him for no reason. She then hit him with a frying pan. And on another occasion during an argument, Catherine hit him with another frying pan and stabbed him in the stomach. He survived that, though. Things were okay there for whatever reason. And then she met John Price, who was a divorced man who had custody of two of the three of his kids. His youngest child was still living with the mom. I don't remember who she was. She's not important. And in 1988, she moved in. He knew about her violent past, and this is the weird part. He knew everything that had happened, but he still liked her and was apparently happy with her. Everything was going well. You know, it wasn't a weird, abusive relationship like the others. They had a couple, like, big fights, but nothing too bad. Like, you know, he didn't get hit with a frying pan or stabbed. Even... Price's kids liked her, which I thought was really weird. So these were her golden years. Her golden years. Golden months, I guess. Because that same year that she moved in, they got into a big argument, and Catherine made a video showcasing items that Price had stolen from his work's trash bin. He worked in, like, a mine or something, and the only things he had taken were, like, old medical kits and random knickknacks that were getting thrown away. Like, they had no use. But even though it was all garbage, he was still fired from his job. He worked there almost 20 years, and she got him fired from it. Oh my god. Yeah, so Price ended the relationship. He was obviously very unhappy. But a few months later, they rekindled their romance. Of course. Of course they did. But Price was smart and wouldn't let her move in again. Um, They fought a lot more, and Price's friends started to kind of go away and they were like if you're gonna be with this crazy bitch i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hang out with you dude right in the year 2000 Catherine, after assaulting price repeatedly during the day stabbed him in the chest 
which prompted Price to end the relationship again, smart man, and file a restraining order for himself and his kids against her. Price was smart about this, though. When he got home from the hospital, he had told, or, you know, he got home from the hospital and he was back at work for a little bit. He told his friends at work that if he didn't show up the next day, it was because Catherine killed him. Wow. Yeah. Price arrived home that night and he saw that Catherine sent his kids to a sleepover with their friends, so he was home alone. Again, Price, and I'm impressed with Price. He's been pretty smart about this. He went over to his neighbor's house and stayed with them for a while just so he could be around other people. That was only till about 11 p.m., though, and that's when he went home and went to bed. And, of course, that night, Knight showed up at Price's house late in the night. She just kind of chilled and was like, she made some food and watched TV for a little bit, and then she took a shower, she had sex with Price, and then they both went to sleep. But when Price didn't show up to work the next day, his friends sent the police to his house. The police got there at about 8 a.m., if I recall correctly. Police showed up, and they noticed blood on the front door, and they saw something that was hanging on the inside, like through the window. They broke in the door. Uh, I think they went around the back because they couldn't get the front door open, but they broke in the door. They found Catherine laying on the ground. She had overdosed on pills, but she wasn't dead. She had, she was just unconscious. And then they found Price's mutilated body. Let me tell you what I mean by mutilated. Yes, please enlighten us. The body showed that Price had been stabbed 37 times in the front and back in the head and chest and that when he was stabbed, she didn't kill him right away. It was, you know, it was a whole bunch of stabs. He tried to get away, and he almost got out. He got to the front door, mm. which is why there was blood on the front. He opened it, and, like, his hands smeared it or something, basically. Unfortunately, she dragged him back in, closed the door, finished, uh, finished stabbing him. And a few hours after Price had died, Catherine then skinned him, and she hung his skin from a meat hook by the front door, which oh is what the cops God. saw dangling, was his skin. She skinned her husband alive. She skinned him alive. Disgusting. The fun doesn't stop there. She then cut off various body parts of his, including his head. She cooked them up with a variety of vegetables and potatoes and turned them into basically a stew. They found Price's head in a pot on the stove with other vegetables. She had apparently cooked his body parts and set out three plates, one for each of Price's daughters, and had a little note with their names on it. And then there was, they think, one for herself, but the third one that they found was thrown out in the back. So it appeared as though she cooked them all up and she was going to eat hers first, but just couldn't handle it and threw it away. Okay. But she was ready to let Price's two kids eat his body. So Catherine was obviously taken to a hospital and... Put under custody when she woke up she claimed to have no memory of what happened yeah annabelle's face is everyone's face it's like right. no bitch mm, you really? know you know what you did in 2001 she went on trial for it she tried to plead guilty to manslaughter but that was rejected so she pleaded not guilty to murder then one night all of a sudden in the middle of the trial she changed her plea to guilty um as the jury they were like selecting people for the jury all of a sudden she just changed her plea to guilty, and the jury was dismissed, and she was sentenced. Catherine Knight was the first Australian woman to be sentenced to life without parole. The judge made sure that her papers were marked 
as never to be released. And another interesting detail about it, during the sentencing, Catherine Knight became uh, hysterical when they read the details of what she had done, like the skinning and the cooking and stabbing him 37 times, and still claimed that she had no memory of what happened. So she's in court, you know, she's butchered and cooked her husband, and she's freaking out when she's hearing all these details about what she's done, as if she doesn't know. That's insane. Right? But I guess not insane enough to be rendered insane. No. So... That's Catherine Knight. Fun times. Super fun, right? Still in prison. She is 63 years old. Thanks for... No, yes. I'm just saying, she's still alive, right? No, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's still alive. She's 63. If mm. she was born in 1955. Because I'm yeah. older than you, and my mother was born in 1955, and she is 63. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... She is imprisoned at the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center in New South Wales, Australia. So that was Catherine Knight. That'll do it for you. I don't even, I can't even imagine what that would be like, knowing that you are in prison, and what you're doing is what you're going to be doing tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, until the day that you die. There's no way they're ever going to let you out. Yeah, I mean, the most excitement you get is hoping you get shanked. Right? A little bit. 37 times, and then dismembered, and 37 cooked. times, and then cooked. Alright, so, we've been teasing an origin story. For a while. Oh my god, I totally forgot about this, actually. Yours was basically the origin story last week, because that was basically, I mean, the the Jefferson Hotel was why you got into paranormal stuff. Well, I've been into paranormal stuff, but the Jefferson was my first, like, experience, like, staying in a haunted hotel. Right. It's my first big one, but I mean, I've done mild paranormal tours and stuff before. Right. Also, real quick, little tangent, during sometime whenever the school Christmas break is, a part of us from the main group that went to Jefferson the first time are going back and staying for a couple more nights. Have a good time. Oh, I will. I'm going to try and rent room 19 all for myself and Mercedes. And Mercedes. And Mercedes. All right. I'm not sleeping in there alone. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about my origin story, basically. I've had a lot of paranormal stuff happen to me as a kid, mostly as a teenager. And so I'm just going to try to lay it out here so that everybody understands where I'm coming from. Lay it out for me. A lot of it has to do with my dad. He was born in 1946. My, I'm older than you guys are. My dad's older. My dad is even older than that, you know. Um, I certainly hope your dad's older than you. Right. But, but what I'm saying is, like, for a dad who has kids that are barely in their 40s, he's a pretty old guy. He was born in 1946. So that makes him 72 years old. And he was born in Lubbock, Texas. And he was, he was born there. He grew up there. He was raised there. I lived there as well. Um, at about age seven, my dad and his family drove to Nebraska to do farm work during the summer as migrant workers. This is what a migrant worker is. They're a person who lives in one area, and they will follow the harvest as far north as they need to, doing stuff for farms. So what they were doing is they were going to Nebraska because that's where my grandmother was from. She had family who lived in Nebraska, and they were going there to help work sugar beet fields. And, I mean, I know people who, like, grew up in the uh, Rio Grande Valley here in Texas, and they would start there, and they would work for a couple of weeks, and then they would move north all the way up. I had had a friend whose family went all the way up to, like, Illinois to work harvest. Oh, damn. To harvest plants. I mean, they would just go, they would go from from one place to one place to one place to one place as migrant workers. So that's what my, that's what my father and his, and his family did. So they drove to Nebraska. They hired themselves out as workers on a sugar beet farm, 
for a farmer and this farmer provided them a house to live in while they were there the house was a one-story house but it also had a basement the basement was built so that they had windows small like slot windows mm-hmm. around the house so that you could see in and it could provide natural sunlight to the to the basement it was just one big room and while my grandfather and um my grandmother and my dad's two younger sisters stayed upstairs on the first floor my dad and my uncle my old my my uncle who's older than my dad they stayed downstairs and they were asleep one night and my dad needed to needed to pee in the middle of the night well there was only an outhouse so he tries to wake up my uncle mike to go with him to the bathroom and my uncle mike says no because he's an asshole (laughs) he's actually dead right now but he was anyway you know how older brothers are so he can't get him to go and so he's laying my dad is laying down and he's looking out the windows and he's kind of like looking to see the moonlight Mm -hmm. you know because there's moonlight coming in on one window and then there's moonlight coming in on the second window and when he looks there's no moonlight coming in on the third window and then he sees a silhouette move across the window to let some light in and then he sees a face looking in on him oh my god i'm not about that oh freaks out runs upstairs and tells my grandfather my grandfather grabs the grabs a revolver that he always carried with him when they travel and they go around the house they can't find anybody around the house of course they can't they're in the middle of no i mean they're in the middle of a this this farmhouse that they're renting is just out in the middle of the fields you know sugar beets sugar beets they can't find any tracks footprints anything like that so whatever it was that he saw was there and then disappeared out of nowhere that's the first thing that happened to my dad that's horrifying okay So in 1963, John F. Kennedy, the president of the United States, was assassinated in November of 1963. Yeah. And um, a week later, my dad decided, for a lot of reasons, that he wanted to quit school and join the Marine Corps. So he joins the United States Marine Corps, and by March of 1964, which was, what, January, February, March, five months later, he is in Vietnam. He spends a year in Vietnam, 13 months, as an infantryman with the United States Marine Corps, doing the kind of thing that riflemen in the Marine Corps did in Vietnam, which was not good. Um, But anyway, he comes back. He's got PTSD. He's got a drinking problem. Oh, super fun. He comes back to Lubbock in 1967 after serving four years in the Marine Corps and being honorably discharged. Like I said, alcohol, alcoholism. He's got PTSD. He's got some anxiety issues some depression and um he starts hanging out with somebody and i don't he never he never really told me what was going on but i have a feeling maybe he was dating somebody at the time who started getting him into reading tarot cards and using a ouija board nice right my favorite stay away from those two things my favorite i have a deck of tarot cards at home right okay never bring him never bring them anywhere near me i will so he was living alone at the time and uh one night he's asleep on his bed and he wakes up in the middle of the night. He had his back to the door and was asleep on his bed. And he just had the feeling that somebody was in the room with him. What? Right? So he's laying there and he doesn't hear anything, doesn't see anything either. But then he feels somebody sitting on the bed. Oh, no. Mm, and he's got mm. long hair like you, Dylan. And he starts feeling somebody pulling on his hair. Oh, I don't like that. So then he turns around, turns on the light, and nobody's there. Of course not. God of course damn not. it. So... He continues on with his shady activities, and at some point, a couple of nights later, maybe a little bit longer, I don't know exactly. Like I said, the way that my dad tells these stories, he's a very unreliable narrator. 
because you know one time he'll tell you he'll tell you the story that it happened like the next week and then and the next time he doesn't remember exactly when it happened but i know that a second time he woke up at his house and he had the distinct feeling that there was somebody in the house but he didn't know where that person was so he gets a little scared because obviously this has already happened to him before yeah he um puts his blue jeans on finds a t-shirt puts a t-shirt on and he starts walking outside the bedroom to the front door so he walks out this bedroom door and he's going to turn left to go to the front door to walk out well if he had turned right he would have gone down a short hallway into a living room that had a fireplace and then the kitchen okay okay and as he's walking towards the door he hears somebody laughing at him from the fireplace uh from the fireplace yes oh so directly behind him he starts hearing something somebody laughing of course it's like demonic laughter of course and then he hears a voice say which in spanish it doesn't quite translate to english what 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 it means in spanish is you're fucked (laughs) but more but more specifically what it means is you're fucked and i'm the one who fucked you yeah, I've okay. heard that before. Just, I fucking love that. That's all it means, but it's it's said in two words. You have to use six words in English to translate what it says in two words in what Spanish. What was it again? Te chingue. Nice. Like, you're fucked. But uh, I'm the one who fucked you. God, I you love it. And it starts laughing at him. Keeps laughing at him. Oh, no. So he goes out to his truck, and he gets in his truck. He has a hard time starting it, <laughs> but he finally gets it started. He leaves, drives a couple of blocks a couple to my grandparents' house, lets himself in because my grandparents, and, and he decides that he's going to sleep in the living room on one of the couches. And he's laying there for a little bit, and then he wakes up and he realizes that he woke up because the phone is ringing. And he thinks to himself, and this is like a, this is an old school rotary dial phone on the wall. Those are the worst. And he's laying there and he knows that there's a phone, there's a, there's one phone in the kitchen and then there's another phone down the hallway towards my grandparents' house. I still remember this because I'm so old that I remember when these phones actually functioned on the wall like that. You're an antique. I know, I am. We had a rotary dial phone in my house when I was a kid. So he hears the phone ringing, and it rings about 20 times, and he thinks to himself, my, my dad's got to get it. Surely my dad has got to get the phone. And then it keeps ringing. By about the time it rang about 40 times, my dad said, okay, I'll just get up and I'll answer it. And he grabs it, and it's the same voice that he heard from the fireplace. Okay, bitch, what? And all it's doing is cursing him out and laughing and cursing him out and laughing. And he said he could not. He was like frozen. He couldn't let go of the phone. And finally, he was able to hang it up. Wow, I hate just, it. He just sat in the living room, freaked out the next day until the until the sunlight came up. Jesus, just freaked. The That's fuck. horrifying. Oh, oh my god. Okay, so the next thing that happens to my dad is that in 1969 he became a born again Christian. Yeah. But the reason that he became a born again born again Christian is also creepy as fuck. Okay, now I'm into it. He wanted to go to a dance, but he didn't have a driver's license and he didn't have a car at the time. I think his license had been suspended because of drunk driving or something like that. Goodness gracious. Needed a ride, and my grandmother wouldn't take him. She's like, no, you don't need to go to that dance. You don't need to get drunk. You don't, you know. 
So he asked my my grandfather if he could use his truck, and my grandfather was like, hell no, you're not driving the truck. You don't have a license. You don't need to be driving anywhere. So my dad gets banned. By this time, he had already lost his house, didn't have a job, had no money, had already had his car repoed. So he's like rock bottom at this point, you know? So he gets upset and goes back to the bedroom where he grew up in the bedroom where, you know, where he was actually staying at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's just sitting there, and he's trying to think of what he's going to do. He's kind of upset. And he looks down, and there's a mirror on, uh, on like, the nightstand. And when he looks at the mirror, he sees his own reflection, but he saw his face like it was decomposing, like it was dead. He tells the story all the time. He I'm sorry, the what? He'll tell the story on the, on the pulpit as he's preaching. Oh, my God. What? He saw his own face decomposing. And the way that he tells the story, of course, he makes it super Christian, is that that's what my face looked like to Jesus because... That was my face as a sinner. I was dead. Oh, my God. And I was going to hell. Oh, and right then Christ. and there, I got down on my knees, and I asked the Lord Jesus into my life. Oh, my Let God. Okay. Anyway, I grew up in the church, so... Yeah, yeah I know. I have a very jaded experience with churches. But, okay, so he becomes a preacher after that. Becomes a pastor. Gets married in 1975, so six years after he became a born-again Christian. He got married. He has four sons. I was born in 1979, so that makes me 39 years old at this time, right now. And um, at the time, when I was growing up, we lived in a little bitty farm town called Petersburg, Texas, outside of Lubbock. Never even heard of Petersburg. There is nothing there. We had a blinking yellow light. We had a grocery store that was the size, like, if you can imagine a Dollar General store, and then cut down the square footage by 50%. That's how small the little t- the little store was in the town where we grew up. Wow, I hate it. They had like two gas stations on either side of town. I hate it. There was nothing. Everybody, as a matter of fact, I mean in the 80s when I, we were when we were living there in the 1980s the entire school, kindergarten through 12th to, through high school all went in the same building. Of course they did. Of course they did. Small town nonsense. Tiny little farm town. But I was always plagued by nightmares uh, growing up. Always afraid of the dark. And we had this one room in the house that for one reason or another was always colder than all the other rooms. That's the devil's work, son. Right? Now, we didn't have central heating or air. We had, um, in this house, it had a a heating. It was heated by propane, but the the heat came out of these... um, it came out of these grates on the ground. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. My yeah. grandmother used to have a house like See, that. Like that. That's the kind of house we lived in. And so me and my older brother at the time, we slept in one room that was right off of one of those grates, so it kept us warm yeah. across, the, across the way from the bath from the bathroom. But the room, the, the third room in the house always was colder for whatever reason. It was like almost like that room had like no insulation. Okay. And so we just, we stored stuff in it. We never did much of anything with it. Uh, but I always remember it being colder in the house. We lived there until 1984 when we moved to a larger city, but still a very small city named Plainview, Texas. And the church there was bigger than the church we'd come from. And we lived in a three-bedroom house. It was actually one, two. And it was a four-bedroom house right next to the church. And when I say right next to the church, I mean maybe 10 feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, right up on it. Right up on it. Right up on it. When you walked out one door and you were in our you were in our backyard. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. So we live next to this church. Now, to get 
to to use some churchy language when we were at this church there was a constant feeling of depression and opposition that's just my life son towards our family exactly that's why i don't make a big deal out of it because i know that everybody feels that way about certain things but there was just always the the people there were always very critical of us the people that were there were always very um they were not very supportive of our family i honestly don't know why we stayed for so long because my dad stayed the preacher there for nine years wow but i remember always having nightmares always being afraid of my room and we had i lived in I, you know the house was shaped as an l and the room that i that i usually that i usually um slept in was the far farthest room from the front door we also had a bathroom back there but i always remember being afraid of the door because the door had these had the wood grain on it mm-hmm. and for some reason the wood grain always looked like a person was standing there oh i don't like that i know right i don't like it either but i mean we were kids we didn't have cable you know this is the 80s this is the mid 80s so there's no cable there's no satellite there's no internet there's no cell phones there's no personal computers either yeah so one of the things that we used to do for fun is we would just pack all of our shit up and move into one of the other rooms <laughs> one of the other three rooms and we would just like swap beds like oh what you're going to have sad existence yeah you're going to have the full size bed now oh you're going to be on living on the top bunk of the bunk bed we would just do that for shits and giggles all the time we would move from one room to the next Sometimes my older brother would decide that he wanted his own room, and so we would he would move all of his stuff out. Sometimes we decided we wanted that room just to be the room for activities. And so we would move all the beds out of that room, and everyone would sleep in one room, and then we would have the other room as a playroom. It was just, it was bizarre. But like I said, we had nothing else to do. That's so sad. It is. Alexa very sad. Despacito. It is very sad. Um, but um, I remember one time... I had a really high fever and I experienced a night terror episode that just freaked me out. Like I was screaming, I was yelling, I was lashing around. And I remember my mom having to grab me and pick me up and put me in the cold shower, which is oh, something that that's... really doesn't help. Like if you look it up on Google now, they tell you that if a kid has a high fever, that's not going to help them, throwing them in a cold shower. But they, that's what they did for me. And I remember about this time when I was probably, I was probably like, nine or ten i started experiencing sleep paralysis no yes the worst thing in the world and i also started to have lucid dreams oh god at about this time in this lucid dreams don't bother me right i think they're really neat but sleep paralysis is horrifying but you can imagine having lucid dreams and not really knowing how to stop them or affect them yeah that's true just knowing that you're in the dream and you're kind of trapped in the dream just fucking sucks Jesus. One of the best things that ever happened while we were that while we were there in Plainview was that we had the opportunity to travel to Alvin, Texas, which is south of Houston in the armpit of Texas. The farthest away that you can get from No, it's and and to travel from I just looked it up on Google Maps today. It says to travel from Plainview, Texas to Alvin, Texas will take you almost 10 hours. Jesus. But most of that is driving at 65 to 70 miles an hour. Now, I'm so old that back then, the speed limit was probably 55. And the speed limit was definitely 55 on any highway. That's horrible. And it might have even been slower because you're driving, you know, part of those part of those things, you're driving state highway and not just interstate. You're right. So, I don't know how long it took us. But I remember that trip... We were traveling there. My dad was going to be the guest speaker at a church for an entire week for an event that, if you've gone to church, you know what these events are called. 
the the event was called a revival. You don't know what that oh, is. Oh no, I know of it. Okay. Let's just say revival. And in case you guys haven't picked up by now, Dylan is not the churchy one of the group. That's all Jake. I know, and I don't really like being churchy anymore. No, but this is who we are. This is what our lives are. I'm, I'm rem- content. I'm in remission. In remission, I'm like cancer. To, I'm hoping not to have another flare-up. <laughs> if I can help it. But anyway, I just remember on the way we were just we were just plagued with like like attitude problems. Like nothing went right. Like my mom, my dad was mad at my mom because she didn't have everything packed the way that we went. And I think we got lost, and we had trouble finding a gas station. And then I remember at one point everybody was hungry and everybody was in a pissy mood. And my dad stopped to buy um, chicken fingers for everybody. Chicken fingers and I love chicken fingers. It's like a whole, a whole, like the family meal at Chicken yeah. Express, that yeah. sort of thing. And then somehow we got into a fight, and my dad got pissed off and just like threw it across the across the dash and just like destroyed the food. Oh my god! And I remember him being like, "That's it. We're done with this bullshit. We're going home." I'm just going to call them and tell them we're not coming. And then, like, my mom calmed him down, and my, my older brother calmed him down, and we all calmed down, and we went back. We drove all the way to Alvin, and we finally got there. Jesus. So we get to this church. They they rented us a... Oh, that was the other fun part about being a, being a kid, uh, being me, was that they rented us one hotel room for six people. Oh, my God. And so two of us always had to take turns sleeping on the ground. <sighs> course and this and we didn't even have an inflatable mattress it was just cold hard ground so you're just down there with like some bed sheets and shit that was the worst my childhood my parents hated us (laughs) but we get there and we are um my dad's the guest speaker and he starts preaching and at one point the and this church was a hispanic baptist church so most so the, the entire service was being done in spanish all the singing all the speaking all the preaching was done in spanish at one point the 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 church's pastor not my dad but the church's pastor who wasn't doing any of the preaching he was letting my dad do the preaching stood up and yelled in spanish i rebuke you in the name of, of the lord jesus i rebuke you i rebuke you and the reason that he said that was because he saw a shadow man standing behind my dad, choking him. Oh my god. Right? But your dad didn't feel anything? My dad felt it. Oh, he felt my it. Dad oh was my god. To, like, cough, like something like he had something stuck in his throat. Oh, that's the worst. Isn't as it? soon as you said that, I started coughing. <laughs> that's right. That- so, while we're there, we're there an entire week. Some of the other things that happened was we were there and my dad was preaching. And he was on, let's say, the right side of the stage. Mm-hmm. And everybody's attention was on the right side of the stage. And on the left side of the stage, a microphone stand just fell by itself. Like someone had walked by and just tapped it and hit it from the oh top. Oh, my God. And it just went, boom, on the ground. It was crazy. Wild. And then another night, my dad is preaching and he's talking, and somehow the reverb went crazy over the loudspeaker, and we heard somebody say in a demonic voice, God damn it. Ha 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 Just out of nowhere. I don't it like that either. Just what the, the fuck out. What the fuck? Right? Oh my god, that's wild. I know. Okay, so the revival ends, and we go back home, right? Something else that happened that was unrelated to the revival, but that I remember was... At one point, we were looking to buy a house. 
and we were looking at a farmhouse that had its own basement again with the fucking basements because up in west texas everybody every house has to either have a basement or a cellar we still have tornadoes up there pretty often oh yeah and so you need That's a good one. point so we looked at a house that had its own walk down basement and we walked down and the lady turns the light the realtor turns on the light and someone had painted a big old mural on the side of the on one of the walls i already don't like it i know right and it just had all these really ugly looking fantastical creatures on it. Like I can't even explain it. Kind of something like out of like yellow submarine or something like that. So just weird psychedelic shit. Weird psychedelic shit. But I remember that I felt like the wall was screaming at us. Oh, I don't like that at all. Right? It just felt very ominous. And of course the lady's like, oh, you know, if you buy the house, we'll go ahead and paint over that and it won't be a big deal and we'll just take care of that. If you don't really like that, it'll be on there. You can't so, paint over the screams. You can't paint over the screams at all. Jesus. So, we go back upstairs and the realtor wants to show my dad. My grandfather had also come, one of my grandfathers had come with us to the house. I don't remember why. Maybe he was going to co-sign with us or something like that. But the realtor wanted to show us the barn that was also on the property. And so my dad says, well, I'll just take... He says to my mom, I'll just take your dad and we'll go. And you guys can go back to the van and just wait. So they go out the back door and they walk the, the short distance to the barn. And they go inside the barn. And my and the realtor is a couple of paces ahead of my dad. And then my dad is walking and then my grandfather's behind him. Like one like one step behind him. And the realtor's talking and she's her, her attention is you know, to, to whatever she's, she's talking about. She's not really looking at my dad mm-hmm. but my dad is walking and he kicks a board over to the side and when he looks up from down from you know looking at his feet he looks up and there's a woman standing in front of him wearing a dress what and she's obviously hell? translucent oh my god right so he sees her and then he turns back to my grandfather and my grandfather's making a face like he sees her too when my dad turns his back around to turn, turns his face around to see the apparition, it's gone. I of know, course right? it is. Oh, my God. Needless to say, we did not buy that house. Damn, I would have loved to have heard stories about mm-hmm. the screaming wall house with the ghost oh, yeah. lady. Oh, yeah. Um, something else that happened was we moved to New Braunfels here where we live in 1993, and we lived in a rent house for a year, and then we ended up... Or 1994, we bought a house here in New Braunfels that's not even two miles from where we're recording right now. It's just down the hill. And when we bought that house, like I've said before in another episode, a little boy had drowned in the pool of that house. I remember you said that's the one where they put concrete over the pool. They filled it in. Yeah. They had taken out, I think they took out the fiberglass pool and they just filled it up with dirt. That's right. Right. But you could walk around, like when you walked around the backyard, the concrete that encircled the pool was still evident and was still there. But when we moved in, we asked a couple of preachers that my dad had gotten to know um, over that year that we lived in New Braunfels. We got a couple of preachers to come and perform a blessing on the house to try to keep anything from following us inside the house. (laughs) Good. Right? But I want to fast forward because that's... Oh, no, no. One more story. One more story. And this is going to be it for current events. One time when my dad was preaching here at the church where he where we were here in New Braunfels, the last full-time church that he had before he retired. It was a Wednesday night. It's about 8 o'clock at night. Everybody's kind of milling around after church. No one had really gone away. And this kid starts running down. He's probably 19 or 20 years old. He comes running down 
from the sidewalk. And he's just screaming and yelling about how they're after me, they're after me, they're after me. And we're like, and someone asks, what's wrong, what's wrong, they're after me. And he says, I see demons. And they're just they're just chasing me. Oh my and god! And they're everywhere. So my dad grabs his deacons and he grabs the people from the ch- a couple of guys from the church, and they pull him into the foyer of his church, of our church. And the kid is just like beside himself, and he just keeps saying that people are after him. Well, he had come from a Pentecostal church that it was like maybe half a mile from the church where my dad was the preacher, and they had tried to perform a, a Protestant exorcism on him. Because he'd been saying that he was he was seeing demons. Protestant exorcism. That's Protestant. like great value exorcism. That's exactly Walmart right. brand. Yes, it is. It's the Walmart brand of exorcisms. Great and, value um, exorcism. That's the title of the yeah, episode. Yeah, so my dad had to perform a Protestant exorcism on this guy one night, one Wednesday night, because he just showed up out of nowhere. The best stories that I have, though, are from the church in Plainview, Texas, where, we, where my dad was a preacher for nine years. Oh, no. Okay, so... This church was a larger church uh, as far as Hispanic Baptist churches go. This was a larger church. It was the size, you know, it was, it was a very considerable size. Um, multiple classrooms, big fellowship hall, um, that sort of thing. We lived next door to it, and um, my dad's number was listed in the phone book, of course, is how long, long ago this was. And the police knew who the preacher was, and they had him on a call list. So if anything bad happened in the church, if there was any kind of emergency... Um, they would call my dad. And multiple times when we were there, the neighbors who lived behind the church would call the police and say, we see lights on in the church and we see shadows moving back and forth from the windows. I don't like it. Right. So they would call my dad. The cops would call my dad. My dad would go and unlock it. And they would walk room to room to room to try to see if there was anybody in the church. And never there was never anybody there. But that happened multiple times when we were there for the nine years that we were there. Uh... Um, something else that happened one time was... That um, they had a uh, a banquet, mm-hmm. and they had had about twenty or thirty people in the church having this special banquet. My dad had my dad had given a special sermon, and everybody had gone home. And my dad had a, a habit of walking through the church and making sure the doors were locked. And he didn't walk through the entire church, but he made sure that the doors that were accessed from the fellowship hall to the hallway were locked. Nobody else was in there. He made sure all the lights were turned off. And he's walking out the back fellowship hall, the last door. And as you're walking out this door, directly behind you, um, maybe 20 or 30 feet behind you, is the, is the uh, kitchen area. Mm-hmm. It's got a stove. It's got the range. It's got the refrigerator and the freezer and all that. And it's got those folding windows Yeah, for a buffet. He's about to walk out the door, and he heard a blood-curdling scream come from behind those windows wow i hate it right so he thinks to himself okay somebody got locked in here i turn off all the lights they freaked out they yelled so he turns back on the lights and goes through the church and nobody was there of course there wasn't god i hate it but i love it something that happened after we left was the pastor that moved into the house after us and was hired to be their preacher lived in the same house that we were and at one point one of his daughters woke up from a nightmare and saw a shadow person in the doorway. And this was the bedroom where I lived. Of course. Saw the shadow person in the doorway, and then the shadow person melted into the door, into that... Remember I told you it had the wood grain? Oh, that's the one? Yes. Uh... And, the, and she freaked out. She threw up. She was so scared. She was inconsolable. You left your bad juju. 
it stayed there with the house. Good. So the pastor took the door off its hinges and threw it out of the house. <laughs> Me? So the, I know, right? The, the year oh, after we God. left, they had us back for a special ceremony, and that, and that door was still in this, in this alleyway area of the church just sitting there. Nobody took it away. They just left this person door. Yeah, they just left it in a certain area. I hate it. Where that I love it for like outdoor storage. I want that door. I wonder if it's still there. No, no, thank you. Okay, so here's the best story, and this is the last story that I'm going to tell about this, and it has to do with the church. And it's such an elaborate story that at this point we're going to pause and we're going to tell you to go to our Instagram because I am going to have to draw a diagram of the church. Oh my god! Adequately tell the story. But Annabelle, you've heard the story before. Dylan, you've heard the story before, I'm sure. So I'm going to tell it the way. I'm going to tell it as if the diagram is in front of you. So go to our Instagram, look up the picture, screenshot it if you have to, and look at it, and I'll tell you the story. Okay. How come so, we don't get a diagram? Because I didn't draw a diagram. God damn you. I don't have anything to draw a diagram. Do you want a diagram? All right. Fine. I'm on the only, only one. And we're back. Okay. So one night my dad decides that he is going to go back through the church and he's going to go get his Bible from his office. This is where his office was on one side of the church and this is where our house was, the opposite ends. And so he decides that he's going to go do this, but he's going to go through, he's going to go the long way through the church in order to make sure all the doors are locked. So he leaves the house and my younger brother, who was about four years old at the time, his name is John, John decides that he wants to go with my dad. So my dad goes to the fellowship hall and turns on the lights. There's all these tables, these big folding tables out. And my brother had some Hot Wheels. And he was playing with these. One of the things we used to like to do was, because our house was so hot because we didn't have central heating, Mm -hmm. that sometimes we would just hang out in the church because it was always cooled. Oh, okay. So we would hang out in the fellowship hall for hours at a time. And we would just listen to music and play with our toys on the tables. So my brother is playing with the toys on the tables. And my dad says, why don't you stay here in this room in the fellowship hall? While I go get my Bible and my and my notebook. So my dad walks out the fellowship hall. He goes down the hallway all the way. And he goes to this one room that was a foyer area right before you get into the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You walk you walk through the first door and you go through the sanctuary. But if you walk up this little step, this little stairs, you can go into the choir loft behind the pulpit. Or if you walk further up the stairs, you can go into the baptismal area where people get baptized. Yeah. If up in that up in that top corner there is a dressing room where the preacher can change out of his clothes and after he baptizes someone. There's also, and then if you keep going, there's stairs that lead down into the baptismal area, which is just a big tub. Yeah. Right, that you fill up with water and then you baptize people if you go to church. That's one room. So my dad walks out of that room into the sanctuary, takes a left, and goes all the way across the, across the pulpit area into his office, grabs his Bible and his notebook. Now he's having to turn lights on because everything's off. In the middle yeah. of the night, it's like 9 o'clock at night. He gets his Bible and then walks all the way back through, turning off lights, making sure doors are locked. He makes it all the way back to the fellowship hall. Doesn't see anybody, doesn't hear anything. My brother is not in the fellowship hall. Oh, no. So my dad thinks, okay, he went back to the house because, again, we only live 15, 15 steps, maybe, Yeah. from the back door of the fellowship hall to the front door of our house. So my, it's totally, totally conceivable that my brother would decide, oh, I'm going to go back home. He's going to walk out the fellowship hall door. He's going to walk to the front door, go back into the house. So my dad turns off all the lights. Church is completely dark, locks the door, walks to the front door of our house, 
goes inside and he asks my wife he asks his my his wife my mom he asks her mom where's john and she goes he hasn't come back i thought he was with you so my dad says oh shit i left him in the church somewhere <laughs> he's probably freaking out so he runs back opens up the door turns on the fellowship hall lights john where are you looks around he's not there goes back through the hallway now keep in mind it's only been maybe two minutes since he walked through this hallway right yeah where did my brother go he had to you know what i mean because everything was locked right right everything's locked so he walks down that hallway looks through the classrooms john where are you john where are you walks through all of these classrooms down this long hallway checks in the nursery keeps going and he's in that little foyer area right before he gets into the into the sanctuary and he says he opens up the sanctuary door turns on the lights because they're right there and he says john where are you and my brother says i'm here and he looks up and he's walking up the stairs towards the baptismal room i'm sorry bitch what exactly now this room is completely dark there are no there are no windows in this room the only light if that if if that room is dark and there's no and you haven't turned the top light on the only light in that room would be coming from the red exit sign oh i don't like completely this completely pitch black in this room and my brother's walking up the stairs towards the baptismal now i don't i don't think there was any water in the in the tub but still so my dad says john where are you going and my brother says to him i heard you calling my name i hate this and why do my parents hate us because we still stayed at that fucking church for years oh my god so jesus christ about a year before we finally left this church we had a special guest speaker for a revival and this special guest speaker was standing at the back at what would be considered the front doors of the church and he was looking back about 30 or 40 yards towards that baptismal and we had a mural painted on the wall that looked like a flowing river with some rocks and trees and stuff like that did the mural scream at you no the mural did not scream at him but the but the the guest speaker said to my dad pastor do you see what i see when i look at that mural and he said no he says you see that tree branch that's painted across the river he says yeah he says well whoever painted that tree painted a snake's head and body into that tree branch and sure enough i saw it with my own eyes if you looked for it and you saw it you could see it they had cleverly painted a snake into the mural that church was desecrated because of that and that's why all that spooky paranormal shit happened is my origin story that was badass thank you for sharing yes desecrated church and that's why my parents hate me and your parents hate you and my parents hate me this is a good one it's good and it's good to be back after years it's been so long thanks annabelle now i'm gonna go home and cry cool instead of that do you want to go to walmart with me absolutely lit because i'm gonna go to walmart sounds fun that's what we do in small town new Braunfels. we go to walmart after nine let's go to walmart you're right there's nothing else open nope other than mcdonald's right anything else guys man i hope you were hope it was it was you had as much good fun as i did i did have fun it was good this was a good one i'm excited to come back i'm excited to get this one out it's been a fat minute i'm going to do something completely different next episode but it's going to be so much fun i'm i'm really excited my next one's going to be rough i've already got it planned out oh god in heaven yeah all right well you say it this time you close <gasps> this up. oh my god i get to say it okay don't fuck it up i'm gonna try my best not to <clears throat> all right from annabella producer jake my co-host and myself dylan 
We hope that we have left you too scared to sleep. It's been so long, I don't even know. I know. I'm so sorry that it's been so long. But we're back with a vengeance. We are back, motherfuckers. Oh, wow. Oof, that was aggressive. <laughs> I feel like the first ten minutes is just us getting the shits out of our system. And trying not to sniff. Yeah. And also, what is it? Trying to think of stupid, stupid stuff to say to put at the end. You're right. Yeah, it starts out as the first, like, ten to fifteen minutes. And then I cut it down to be, like... Two minutes and then a bunch of outtakes that's too bad we should put an episode that's just bullshit outtakes no context oh my god no way of anybody knowing what we're talking about so it's just like fill in the blanks it's like if you took like five pe- five puzzles and took 10 pieces out of each puzzle Jeez. and put it in one box and you're like, a monster here guys here guys have yourself a good time oh my god not a bad idea but not a great one. <laughs> oh yeah well not my worst idea but not also my best idea have you had any good ideas? Absolutely not. No, I didn't think not so. Not since like 1991. All right. The only the best idea I ever had was shaving my head. Thank you. And starting this podcast. And starting the podcast. But you know that was technically my idea. That's but not you true. Just helped You're it. full of shit. No, that is true. I Listen, talked about doing a podcast for a long time. If one of us and you are is on board the John Lennon of this group, I'm the John. Why Lennon are you the John of Lennon of this group? You are definitely why because Ringo I'm going to shoot you in an alley. No, it was a hotel. Why would you say that? <laughs> wow, too soon. It's been over a decade. It's been like 20 years, dude. All right. That's what I said. <laughs> a decade. Hi. The viewers at home can't see this, but I'm flipping you off with both hands. That's right. Viewers at home can't see how much I don't give a shit that you're flipping me off. You're right. right. They can't see the tears rolling down your face. That's right. I'm going to cry in the car when I get home. Good. Oh, excuse me for I not thought we were giving going away steady. all my shit. We're As not. We I've been telling you this since day one. Oh, whatever. This is just a long-term fling. That's fine. I put my when I buy a movie, I put it on our Voodoo account. My Voodoo account. Our my Voodoo, Voodoo account. Whose credit card is linked to the Voodoo account? Mine. Fine. Who started the Voodoo account? I'm going to take me. all the movies that are mine off of the Voodoo. You can't take them. Are off. we breaking up right now? No, is we're not breaking up. We're right not now? breaking up. That's fine. We're we not breaking break up. up. This is a fight. That's fine. We will get past this because we are strong. That's fine. We'll just go back to a purely professional, non-physical relationship right now. Starting right now, we will. We're not. We're across the room. It's not physical it. at all. Don't oh, worry. my God. You know, More outtake shit. I'm not Can hurt. we get this episode started? I'm not hurt. Basically. Is that that fucking alarm again? Oh, my God. I'm going to blow my brains out. No, it's probably quiet enough. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, Jake, get off your phone. I am. Okay. Jake, stop looking at gay porn. I'm not the one. Or is it yif? It's gif. <laughs> it's no, not you're, gif. You're not on the same page at all. And those are shit. No, yif, yf, or yiff is furry porn. I like how he didn't know either. I know. Search. Wait. No, no use Bing. Yif. No. Yes. Stop. Use Bing. I can't get on Bing. Good. Seriously, they'll open an incognito browser. I don't have to do that. Oh. You need to do that. 
You should, because you don't ever want to be reminded of this. Wow. <laughs> did you look it up? No, I did. And just like that, we were totally off subject. Oh, no. God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. No. <laughs> no. What is this? No. Why is so much of it animated? No. Are you guys going to put that on the Instagram? We are going to have Yes. No, we are not. No. Why is it so much of it animated? That's gross. It's weird. This is our topic for today. It's just Save. yiff. It's just furry porn. for later? No, I'm kidding. Oh my god, you're disgusting. <laughs> what is it called? Reading list. Add to reading list. Jesus. Okay, well, we've gotten the weird shit out of the way, so let's get back on topic. It's not my fault. You're let's get back on topic. You brought it up. Back on topic. 